Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. So many news headlines these days, Mike. I mean, we've got the Olympics. That's kind of fun. But then there's concerns about what's happening after the Olympics. And you've got the whole Russia-Ukraine situation. It's hard to keep up with all of it. No, it's crazy and um, a legitimate concern, I think. I mean, I guess I haven't quite gotten to the World War III uh, Listen, concern I have overheard people talking that they are very <laughs> concerned that that's what's happening here. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm not there, but also when people bring it up and they're concerned about it, I, I understand why they're concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you start doing the math, well, now there's a lot of tension. We've got uh, Biden out there changing his story. Well, if they go in a little bit, then maybe it's not so bad or, you know, or they, it's imminent. Those kinds of words obviously don't make people feel good about it. Right. And then you start talking about well, maybe they're just waiting until the Olympics are over. Well, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense to do an invasion no. while the Olympics is going on. It's going to make everybody look bad. Yes. Uh, or maybe Russia is just waiting for the ground to get frozen enough to be able to invade. And you think, well, well, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, come February 21st. Yeah, um, we'll see. It's a little creepy. And I, I mean, I totally get it. And that kind of stuff does go into the emotional part, the psychological part of investing. Like, do I really want to be in the market if or when mm-hmm. Russia goes into Ukraine? Do I really want to be in the market if China goes into Taiwan? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Right. I don't know that it'd be a long term problem, but in the short term, that probably be pretty volatile. Yes, it would. And it's a concern that many have. And you can connect to us anytime by visiting guardingyournestegg.com. Inflation has become apparently the voting issue in 2022. However, that can change with what we just talked about. And this is according to pollster Frank Luntz, who spends his days and nights polling America to see what we're really thinking. We've met Frank. Yes, we have. Interesting guy. Interesting guy. We did an event with him one time. We did a client event. And then Katie and I were on vacation in New Orleans one time. I'm walking down the street. And I see this guy kind of looking in windows. Sounds like Frank. Down on the uh, Antiques mm-hmm. Street. I think it's called Royale Street or something like that. But uh, I said, Katie, I think that looks like Frank. And so I, I said, hey, Frank, how's it? You know, it's one of those things where yes. you kind of spook him. You know, he's like, oh, well, uh, you know. So I think out of context, uh, meaning on the streets of New Orleans, it took him a while to place who I was. Uh, <laughs> but then when he figured it out, we had a nice conversation. Yeah. And Franklin's his name may ring clear. If you saw his picture, you'd know exactly who he is. He's especially popular in election seasons. And he tells CNBC that it took consumers a while to really feel the effects of all the higher prices we're experiencing. But it takes even longer to forget it. So let's say that the president is successful in stopping these price increases. It'll be six months before the public recognizes it. It's why I wonder why in Washington they're spending so much time on political issues and social issues and cultural issues when inflation is actually the voting issue of 2022. It's going to have an impact on what we think of corporations. It's going to have an impact on what we think of our political leadership. That's what the public is talking about. That's what Washington should be addressing. I'm very confident that none of our listeners are counting on D.C. to fix any problem they have for them. But how are you helping your clients with talent wealth management address the higher inflation we can't escape? So it's here. And again, uh, government's not doing much to fix it. I mean, the Fed did come out, which is government. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about raising interest rates. Uh, People can't decide on how much volatility here recently. Are they going to raise it a quarter in March? They're going to raise it... um, 
a half a percent in March? Are they going to do three total raises or seven total raises? I mean, all of these things have an effect on the market or what the market's likely to do. Yes, there's inflation, but the easiest way for our current administration to get out publicly and at least try to show they're doing something about it is to say, well, hey, listen, first of all, I said we didn't have a problem. And then, you know, well, it's kind of hard to hide the problem when everything costs more at the grocery store. Right. Um, By the way, I had a client come in the office just the other day and he said, uh, you know, I just went to the wing place next door before meeting you. He grabbed a bite to eat. Mm -hmm. He got 10 wings and a beer. He goes, it was $32. What? Yeah. (laughs) I said, are you? So anyway, and I told him, I'm going to come out with a new uh, inflation index, and it's going to be based (laughs) on the price of wings. It's going to be the wing index. (laughs) It's not a bad idea. uh, Yeah, it's going to go into our algorithms on on portfolios (laughs) and how they're likely to perform. It's going to be based on wings. But um, yeah, that's just bad. I mean, that's not sustainable. You know, all the wing businesses in the U.S. are going to go out of business if they have to sell wings for that much. So um, yeah, it is an issue. So eventually, the administration had to admit to it. And then they came out and said they're going to do something about it, and they start raising interest rates. So the thing about the interest rate raises is if they do too much of it, the economy just just folds, right? It's mm-hmm. like people don't borrow money. It's too expensive. All the companies that have leveraged positions, meaning they're borrowing money to make money, all of those companies do poorly, so, so it becomes a problem. Getting back to what do we do? Because we can't control government. Right. I can't control what the Fed does. None of us control what the Fed does. So we have to come up with – Financial planning, first of all, is going to be flexible as things change. So you can't make a decision today on um, what you should do necessarily for the rest of the year with this great unknown of what the interest rate situation or the inflation situation is going to be three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. So what you want to do is do something that in the moment will help you protect your money from that kind of volatility, but gives you the ability to make changes along the way. So In other words, don't go lock your money into a long-term investment product right now just because things cost a lot. Mm. We have supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supplies were low. Demand was very high. That's changing. It just takes some time to work its way into the system, which is why you heard Frank say, hey, listen, these issues, whatever you do today doesn't take effect for six months. Between supply chain issues, jobs, wages, I think my biggest concern right now, Kristen, is discretionary income. Things are costing more and people are working, not as much as we need to work, but their wages aren't enough to offset the inflation. So one of the things that I'm really worried about in the economy for 2022, and I get this question a lot is, well, Mike, what do you think one of the number one reasons um, could be that markets don't do well? And I'd say, well, if fuel prices are higher, if goods and services are higher and wages aren't high enough to offset it. By the time you fed your family, put a roof over your head, and put gas in your tank to get to work, if what's left over, that discretionary income, isn't enough to go out and do entertainment, isn't Mm -hmm. enough to go out and travel, isn't enough to get the new iPhone or whatever else you want, um, all of those corporations suffer, their profits suffer, and the stock market suffers. Mm -hmm. So we have to take a look at all of this when it comes to financial planning, and that's what we do with our complete financial plan. I do have a question that I know a lot of our listeners are wondering about because Bonds have typically been, for many, many years, where people that are seeking something conservative and seeking what they feel is more safety, where people turn. But they are not doing really well right now. What should we be looking at if we're one of those folks that's seeking safety and worried about bonds? And I'm glad you brought that up, Kristen, because it's a uh, concern that, that people are having, and it's just based on 
sort of a generalization or, or an understanding of how things work. And it's really not your average investor's fault. It's the the way investments for the past 40 years have been presented to people and, and really the format that they've been presented in the sense that people have been looking at investments and they would think, well, okay, so stocks are risky, bonds are safe, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, that's held true for, like I said, about 40 years. So what would happen is people would say, well, you want a diversified portfolio. So if you want to be a moderate investor, let's say you put 50% in stocks and 50% in bonds so that when the market's up, your stocks are up and your bonds are probably just doing okay. But if the stock market really falls, people buy bonds to be safe and the bonds go up to sort of hedge against your losses in the stock portfolio. Christian, this has been going on for a, a very, very long time. Suddenly we're in a situation where it's almost like the rugs got stashed out from underneath people. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, hey, I don't understand. The stock market goes up and I make some money. The stock market goes down and I lose money. But my bonds lose money too. So mm-hmm. how is it that... That's supposed to balance everything out. It's not yeah, working it's supposed that to be, way. It's supposed to be balancing me out. Like, how come this isn't working? Well, the answer is, and, and it's confusing, but if you really want to dig in and try to understand it a little bit, which is what we want people to do on this program, it's based on the treasury yields and it's based on the Fed. Okay. And it's the anticipation of what the Fed is going to do, which we've already talked about in our program. But the Fed is talking about raising interest rates. Nobody knows exactly how many times they're going to raise. Nobody knows exactly how much they're going to raise it. But let's say they're going to raise it one percentage point over the next year. And so if they were going to do that, it is affecting a couple of things. It potentially affects the stock market because as they raise interest rates, it costs more money to borrow money. Corporations borrow less money. Individuals borrow less money. So things like buying new cars, buying new houses, investing money to put into your corporation, all of these things slow down. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? Well, they would do that because we keep hearing about inflation. And mm-hmm. so it's this balancing act. Um, unfortunately, right now, it's a very political balancing act. And that probably does not help things out very much. So on your bond accounts, we've gone from a situation that that literally over the past 40 years, interest rates have been coming down. So in the late 70s, early 80s, interest rates were extremely high. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just say about 20%. I mean, you could literally go get a CD for 16 or 18%. Unbelievable. um, If you went to the right bank. Certainly, if you wanted to buy a home, and many of our clients and listeners remember these times, if you wanted a car, if you wanted your house, your interest rate on that loan was extraordinarily high. Mm-hmm. Interest rates have come down ever since then to where right now, if you have a mortgage, your interest rate on your mortgage might be something under 3%, Kristen. That's almost free money. So as interest rates come down, that actually increases the value of many, many bonds. So people were in a situation where they could buy bonds, they could get the, uh, it's called a coupon rate, but basically people would think of it as interest on their bonds. They'd get paid to hold the bond. And many times as interest rates are coming down, not only were they getting paid to hold the bond, but the value of the bond also went up. And that's why it was considered a safe investment. So what we're dealing with now is stock markets are all over the place. There's lots of volatility. So if your stocks go down, you lost money there. But as the Fed's raising interest rate or the 10-year treasury or the two-year treasury, if those are going up, what's happening is your bond values are going down too. So you could decide, well, I want to go from being a more aggressive investor to a very conservative investor. And you could move to bonds believing that your money is safe and you can't lose money. 
That's the problem, Kristen. It's not that mm. you can't lose money in bonds. You can lose money in bonds. You're not likely to lose nearly as much as you could lose in the stock market if it does terribly. But it's creating a lot of confusion. People are trying to understand what's going on in their portfolios. There are alternative investments available, right? And that's why it's important not to just focus on, well, these are the limited investment options that I have in my current 401k or that I have in my current retirement plan or work. Or these are the investment options that my current financial advisor is telling me, hey, don't worry, hang in there, eventually get better. You have to look at all of the investment options that are available to you. You have to make an informed decision for yourself. The only way to make an informed decision is to have somebody actually inform you. So that's essentially what we're trying to do on the program a little bit, Kristen. We can't get into details on investments. There's a lot of rules about talking about returns. There's a lot of rules about talking exactly about how investments work that we can't do on the radio. But when it comes to a one-on-one -on -one conversation, when it comes to, there's a, there's a rule says you, you have to know your client, right? You have mm -hmm. to get to know somebody before you explain all of the investment options to them. Otherwise, you're making a blanket statement to however many people are listening right now on investment options that may not apply to them or be appropriate. That's the get to know your client rule. So by getting to know our clients, we can actually sit down and say, okay, well, of all of the investment options that are available to you as a fiduciary to accomplish your goals, this is what I would recommend at this point in time. I think that's very valuable for most people, but not everybody knows how to access that information, which is why we offer complimentary financial planning, complimentary analysis, a sit down at our office. Kristen, honestly, if, if people feel that we're providing value, the way I look at it is, hey, we don't charge for it because why would I charge somebody for something that wasn't valuable to them? Right. There's, there's really no point. They're just going to get um, mad at you and Yeah, next thing you know, they're be unhappy. bad ratings on exactly. Google or something. You know, we do this for a living. We enjoy doing it. So I love the get to know you conversations. I love providing the financial planning, going through the process. Along the way, if they feel like we're providing value, they're going to say, hey, listen, um, I mean, probably the most common thing somebody would say to me is, you know what? Nobody really ever took the time to explain it to me like that before. Really appreciate what you did. I feel like you're providing value. So how do we get started? That would be kind of a typical conversation with somebody who decides to work with us. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a monthly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission, which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation.